Oh, oh man. Hey, Steven, what's wrong? Well, I woke up Saturday. As one does. And I put on my favorite podcast. Oh, which one is that? The King Kong Minute, of course. Oh, of course. But there was a huge problem. What, bigger than a 24-foot gorilla? So much bigger. What was it? The podcast doesn't upload on Saturdays. No, King Kong Minute only uploads during the week. (sighs) I need more content. I need just a piece of it. Well, you can have a piece of it. For the price of an admission ticket. Really? Even on weekends? Well, whenever you want it. King Kong Minute uploads exclusive episodes on their Patreon once a month. There's more to listen to? Sure. You can subscribe to them for a small fee and get access to episodes talking about other King Kong-related content. You mean Kong-tent? Yeah, that was my joke. Plus, if you subscribe to their Patreon, you'll be supporting them so they can continue making Kong-tent for people like you. Well, what am I waiting for? I'll head over there right away and subscribe to the King Kong Minute Patreon. everyone, and welcome back to the King Kong Minute Podcast, the show where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the 2005 film King Kong, one minute at a time. My name is Terry. And my name is Steven. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 91. This minute is going to start with a very picturesque shot of Kong lounging on the ancient steps of some ruin, and is going to end with Denim looking quite emotional and distraught. Whether he is or not, well, that's up to you. Does he have emotions? Yo, that is yet to be determined. <laughs> TBD. He's very good at acting. I give him that. So, I, I know that 91 is here, but I have to uh, bring something up real quick here. We've missed a couple deleted scenes. My bad. Oh, I, oh. Haven't, I haven't been keeping up on it. Good. Um, but there was one that you would actually really like, and um, I... You'd really like it because it's uh, more info on your favorite character. Oh, boy. Um, So we have a deleted scene where Jimmy is basically just talking up Hayes to Jack. Um, He was one of the Harlem Hellfighters, which uh, he specifically said Mr. Hayes led the charge across the Rhine, World Mm. War I. Um, The Harlem Hellfighters were the, I believe, the 369th, and they were the first regiment in France. Uh, They fought for 191 days, which is apparently longer than anyone, according to Jimmy. Uh, Jack asks if they won the Congressional Medal of Honor. Hayes says, we won the Croix de de Guerre. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jack says, well, I meant us. Like, what did we give you? (laughs) And um, Hayes says, you know, they didn't give us a GD thing. So, yeah, it is actually a fascinating story. I did a little bit of research Mm -hmm. on him, but uh, I advise you to do your own research, listeners, so we don't... You know, we can keep talking about King Kong, but it is fascinating. Highly recommend looking up the Harlem Hellfighters. Fighters. Sorry, I'm slurring yep. today. Look up groups like the Harlem Hellfighters in the First World War, and then with the Second, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen, the New mm-hmm. Patriots. Just absolutely incredible marginalized groups of Americans who, like, honor and valor cannot be described for them. Yep. Especially yep. considering the way they were treated. Oh, yeah. So that makes you appreciate Hayes more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also another real quick deleted scene in the uh, the Brontosaurus stampede. There's another sailor, and I, I don't take this one as canon. 
Um, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But um, another sailor gets picked up in the mouth uh, mm -hmm. bodily by V-Rex. Or, sorry, Venatosaurus, not V-Rex. Venatosaurus. And he carries him a little bit in his mouth. The sailor pulls out a 1911 and shoots it, like, directly against the head. Puts the barrel against his head and pulls the trigger a couple times. Like, finally, somebody <laughs> got you right? using some sense with this. Yep. And uh, so it drops him, dies, he falls to the ground, and as he's standing up, another one comes and picks him up and kills him. Now, it's it's not a fully finished scene. It's very, like, mm -hmm. CG, you know, um, pre-viz rendering. Yeah, and jumps between just, like, the, like, raw footage of on the green screen yeah. and then just the early, like, all our early rendering. Exactly. Crap. So it, it cuts back and forth. And in minute 91, I think we discuss why it's not canon to the film even if it's cut so um we'll we'll continue on with the actual minute then now that we're caught up on deleted scenes all right very good oh man we got some good deleted scenes coming up soon though yeah agreed some stuff that honestly it was like it was completely finished and then for just whatever reason i've probably just a trim runtime was completely mm -hmm. cut and honestly a bit of a shame because it's some really cool scenes um, oh yeah about giving too much away, kind of replaces the aquatic scene the um that we get in the Cooper's original film that we don't quite get yep. in the cinematic cut of this one. Yep, 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 yep. But it is in the extended edition, so we'll actually yes. be covering it. But it's just Very not true. in the uh, not in the normal one. But um, so it starts with Anne waking up, kind of while Kong mm -hmm. is sitting there majestically in the archway. Um, but we don't get that very long. Uh, did mm -hmm. you have any notes on that before we go to what happens after that? Um. Just that, you know, once again, big, major appreciation for uh, Naomi Watts acting. There's just a very mm -hmm. quiet panic in yeah. just, like, fully heard, like, fully digesting the situation she's in. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, crap's not good. <laughs> she does, she does a good job of, of, well, you know, everything she does. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't even narrow it down. She's, she does a good job. Mm-hmm. Um. But after we, we cut away from Kong and Anne as Anne slowly wakes up and we find uh, Hayes asking Jimmy to do a head count. How many injured and how many are dead? Lumpy is like, injured? Four of us are dead. Mm -hmm. um, which confirms my count. So we have Mike, Sailor 13. Those are before this. Then Herb and three other sailors. That's four. So if Lumpy is including those four, then the one that dies from the Venatosaurus attack uh in the deleted scene does not count so mm -hmm. um unless he's not counting herb and anyway <laughs> it's semantics at this point yeah and oh look another stump speech from denim <sighs> and and preston being dead wrong it's not your yep. fault oh oh sweet child yes it is <laughs> yes no. it is it is carl's fault preston All he'll get there he'll get there <laughs> He does. He'll, he'll be as jaded as we want him to be very soon. <laughs> it's true. Jaded as we are. You'll grow yep. up soon, child. <laughs> You're too young for this. Um, uh, man, so he really what happened? He specifically says what happened to Herb is no one's fault. Well, it's Carl's, but anyway, I mean, continuing. It's all on. his fault. Everything is Carl's. You'll get fault. that eventually. Carl. <laughs> Forgot that we were doing that. Carl, that kills people. <laughs> yeah, literally. I did uh, not know that. <laughs> it's sad how well that works, though. Like, it's really depressing. It is. Because um, it does fit. 
That's what yeah. forgiveness sounds like. Screaming and then silence. Then silence. Oh, no. <laughs> Gonna for, have to, for like... Those, is anyone confused here, listeners? Are you confused? Uh, you might be confused. Search llamas with hats on YouTube. Oh. Um, this yeah. is some early-ish YouTube humor. Um, oh, yes. Uh, the same person did Depressed Whale. Um, and Charlie the Unicorn. Yes. Uh, it's it's a... Oh, man. I don't even know how to describe that era of YouTube. <laughs> it was wild. A mistake. Yeah. The wild honestly. West. You know, it's... You know, it's... Every app, every app when it first launches in its infancy is... Or any website, it's like early on, it kind of... You look at it and you're like, is this... Was this a mistake? Should we have done this? <laughs> it's like Douglas Adams' first line of Hitchhiker's Guide. In the beginning, the universe was created. This made a lot of people very angry and is generally regarded as a bad move. Bad move. <laughs> I love that novel. That's actually the second time I've quoted that today. Oh that's man, good, that's a good day. It's such. It is. It's such a good quote. Uh, but yes, everything is uh, Carl's fault. Preston, for some reason, feels the need to make Carl feel better here. And it kind of makes me feel like a child with their like abusive father who makes them yeah. feel like it's all like guilt tripping the child into. Well, you know. Denim is at least alcoholic in this scene. Oh my goodness! You think that's the red label eighty proof? Probably. You think in that yeah. little flask? It's a really cool little like amber bottle though. I kind of like it. Yeah. Most flasks are like little and metal, you know, pocket mm-hmm. flasks. Um, how is that thing bottle? intact? By the way. How is Carl intact? Yeah, fair. <laughs> but good point. Good point. That thing should be yeah, smashed. No, I, mean, I mean, once again, any of them still being <laughs> alive at this point after what they just went through. What even? Except Lumpy. Lumpy's yeah. like the Chuck Norris of this crew, in my, in my yeah, opinion. Until he isn't. <laughs> until he isn't. Ah, uh, he goes out like a man. <laughs> uh, uh, that's but, not pretty. Well, Not yeah. pretty. both both times Andy Serkis goes out in this movie are, are great and memorable. <laughs> no, that's fair. That Wait, how many people? How many actors are like? How many actors die twice in one movie? You know, that is an excellent question. Like, how many actors have technically play two parts that both die in the film? That mm, that might warrant a search. We might have to get an answer for that later on. Uh, sounds like work. <laughs> uh, Let us know in the Eighth Wonder Exposition group. Yeah, there if you, you can go, think guys. of any examples. Why should we do it when you do, can the do work it for us? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but Carl's like, yeah, you're right. It's not my fault. He gets all determined again. <sighs> so delusional. Yeah. I mean, you're running on nothing else at this point. It's pure. You're just running on fumes, fumes, and pure delusion. Narcissism. Um, once yeah, again, so just, he... Oh, sorry. Sorry, once again, I just want to comment, I like Preston's glasses. Yeah, those those are crazy. Like, the flat-bottomed, rimless, yeah. round, they're crazy. I gotta wonder, like, was that actually a common model of spectacles in that time? I'm gonna have to look it up. I don't I don't actually work in that field anymore like I did in earlier episodes, so... Uh, <laughs> I don't... I didn't do any more research on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, maybe I'll look into it. Yeah. Still cool. Because they're pretty great. Mm-hmm. We have that uh, iconic admission ticket line again. Yep. We could all have yeah. a piece of it for the price of an admission ticket. Yep. That, uh, And it's so frustrating because as deplorable and reprehensible as Denim is, 
But darn it if he doesn't have some good lines. <laughs> it's true. And that's that's probably what, like, just like Preston, that's probably yep. what makes me okay with his existence and yep. him emotionally manipulating me as an audience member. Yeah. Because um, he's, like, he's intelligent. Mm-hmm. He's annoying and manipulative, but he's intelligent. Yeah. Well, well worded. That's mm-hmm. not the thing. Well spoken. That's the yeah. one. I'm there apparently not. <laughs> you got there in the end. <laughs> it's not about the destination. It's the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, only other one thing I wanted to mention is yeah. I know it's all like CG, but as earlier in the minute, as we see Driscoll step to the edge of the swamp, mm-hmm. just kind of looking around, I really love the set. Yeah. That we have behind here. Just like the Skull Island Swamp is gnarly as hell, and I love it. <laughs> I remember there was some behind the scenes production diary stuff where they were putting this green foam onto the water to look like the, you know, the still stagnant, um, but it wouldn't soak up and smell bad because it was just plastic, you know. So I yeah. remember seeing uh, them specifically putting it in places, and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Like the, the work that went into building some of these sets is incredibly impressive. For how much for how much CG there is, there's also a lot of practical stuff that your eyes zoom yeah. over because you assume it's CG. Right, and that you know, that's how you make the magic happen. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to effectively blend practical and CGI effects. Unlike last week, oof. <laughs> Sometimes they do it great. Other times, excuse no, me. Other like, times, not so much. I, I really, it fails. I fail to understand how. Spielberg's original Jurassic Park film doesn't remain just the rubric, the absolute metric for how to effectively combine CG and practical effects to make something transcendent. Because it's objectively the best. It is. It is. Like, I mean, there are others that are absolutely worth mentioning. I can't, like, listen off the top of my head. It's just, we've got dinos on the brain so much lately. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah. But it's just like, I still don't understand how... Like, the making of Jurassic Park isn't just, like, required study, basically, or, like, a go-to for filmmakers who are trying to attempt anything similar to it. it like, I get they don't want to completely... I get they don't want to completely mimic it. They don't want to completely just copy it. They want to make their own thing, but to at least look at the techniques. So, I will give um, the Jurassic World movies a piece of credit that a lot of people don't. So, the first Jurassic World, there's one animatronic. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World Dominion actually do really well involving animatronics and CG. They blend it really well, but, you know, that's because they kind of had to. That's what the fans were like, you need to be doing this. That's what made the first film, you know, yeah, so good. So they did, and it, it turned out really well, but I'm having trouble thinking of other examples where they effectively uh, use practical and CG effects very mm. well to blend them together. I mean, actually, you know what? The Harry Potter films actually do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, honestly. You get a lot of that with, um, like, Whomping Willow stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially, like, the early Chris, Col- like Chris Columbus when he was yeah. directing the films. Like, it was, it still very much had that childhood, childlike whimsy, and you could see a lot of just, like, with the practical effects blended in. Um, it, I w- it wasn't until earlier this year that I knew the amount of practical effects that they did with Hagrid. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I, about the animatronics that were actually involved with mm-hmm. Hagrid. Whenever there was, like, a scene involving Hagrid when it wasn't a direct shot of Robbie Coltrane's face um, or anything, it was just this almost, f- honestly, frighteningly extensive <laughs> animatronic of Hagrid. 
I yeah. just saw this behind the scenes clip and I was a little disturbed. <laughs> I actually haven't. I need to go into the some of the behind the scenes for Harry Potter because mm-hmm. they. I mean, those movies are great for so many reasons. You know Darn what? It. Here, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is another like gold standard CG and practical effects blending because mm-hmm. you get massive sweeping shots of computer generated armies, and then up close you get armor, faces, mm-hmm. everything. The Hobbit. Yep. Not so much. <laughs> can't, we can't blame Guillermo del Toro or Peter Jackson fully for it because neither of them asked for what studios would ultimately do to them. Yeah. Agreed. It's it's just sad to see. Um, I, mm, We're so close. I'm talking about Harry Potter. I almost had another character, another actor who had played like two roles in the same movie. Um, Warwick Davis plays both oh, uh, Professor Flitwick pl- and Griphook. Um, yes. So those are both in Deathly Hallows Part 2, but... Griphook dies, Flitwick survives. Flitwick does survive. Doesn't he also play... Doesn't he play two goblins? Like, in the probably. first movie, doesn't he yeah, play an, another goblin? Mm-hmm. And then he also plays Griphook? Yep. So, Warwick Davis, man, he's... Yeah. He's so Legendary good. character actor. Kind of like Doug Jones with monster movies. Which one? I'm sorry, I don't um, actually... Which one's Doug Jones? Doug Jones played Billy Butcherson in Hocus Pocus. He plays okay. Lieutenant Saru on uh, Star Trek Discovery right now. He played um, the... Uh, he works with uh, Guillermo del Toro a lot, incidentally. Um, he played... Gotcha. He did a lot of stuff in Hellboy. Um, okay. He also um, was in Pan's Labyrinth. He was, like, the eye-hand monster. Oh, um, okay. Well, I know that also, image. <laughs> uh, he was also in The Shape of Water. Okay. Um, he was the gotcha. creature there. Um... I could be wrong in Hellboy. I think he played Abe Sapien. Um, okay. So, yeah, no, Guy is absolutely incredible as, like, a... Like, the guy under the makeup, basically. The guy in the suit. Um, gotcha. And not to mention, he's just a really cool stand-up guy. Nice. All right, well, now I have homework. Look up who that guy is. Dan mm-hmm. Jones, you said? Doug, Doug Jones. Doug Jones, sorry. Doug yeah. Jones. Solid guy. All right, I will look into that. Um, Katie's cousin, my my wife's cousin... Um, who does ex- minor acting stuff out in L.A. actually met the guy. And cool. it's like they're really good friends now. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Do you have anything else for this minute? I think I just no. reached the end of my notes. That's right. it for me. Cool. Well, everyone, uh, check out our Patreon. Yeah. Um, we discuss movies. Content. Content. We hammer this home. Other Kong movies... Some mm. great, some not so great, some oh boy. awful, terribleness. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just, just uh, check us out over there. <laughs> it's a good time. If you like roasting certain <laughs> bits of content, seriously, chip in a little bit. I think it'll be worth it. It's a good time. It'll yeah. be very cathartic. It's less than a cup of coffee mm-hmm. for for uh, monthly Less episodes. than the price of an admission ticket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll zoom um, myself out. Yeah, okay. You please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's it then for, for today. Is that correct? Uh, that's going to do it. All right. So, folks, with that, you will hear us when you hear us on the next episode of The, the King, King Kong, Kong Minute. Minute. Bye, everyone. Bye.